Welcome to another episode of Tech Check with Kay and the Citizen Crew. You're listening to your favorite gadget guide, and I'm Cheryl Carla, the gadget driver in the seat today, joined by... Hi guys, my name is Sean, graphic designer for The Citizen. Hi, I'm Lyle and I'm a tech aficionado. I'm also the production manager for The Citizen. My name is Faisal Patel. I'm a senior digital journalist with The Citizen and also a tech reporter. Today we are looking at Logitech's new gaming mouse, the G502 series. We were given the G502X. It is a gaming mouse and the latest addition to the legendary G502 lineage. First things first, the key features. Um, it's, it's quite an amazing mouse. The new Logitech line consists of three devices. It's the G502X, the G502, and the G502 Lite here. The mouse boasts Logitech's first ever Light Force hybrid optical mechanical switches, and it has updated light speed wireless protocols. It is said to have 68% faster response rate than the previous generation, and it also has five onboard memory profiles. Two profiles are set by default, and the additional five you can access by using Logitech G Hub. It also has low friction PTFE feet. Sadly, we didn't get the wireless version to check out, but we still experienced all the other cool features on the G502X, and this is the perfect device for any avid gamer. For me, it was the clever form of the mouse's casing. It's specifically designed to comfortably cradle the human hand. It supports all your fingers, the dips and the curves. Ergonomically, it's a genius design. Then there was the responsiveness. You are seeing an ultra-sensitive sensor that really lets you feel that 68% faster response time, which Logitech promised in the latest edition. Lyle, did you feel, did you notice the faster response time on the 502X? Okay, well, uh, at first I thought it was just a mouse. You know, what's the big deal, just a mouse? But having used it for a few days, it became clear why gamers choose this mouse as a top brand or just why upgrading your mouse is a great idea in general. If you're spending hours in front of your screen, it's much more comfortable, kind of like a gaming chair, you know. It's not needed, but the extra lumbar support is great for your back. It's one of the cheapest upgrades you can make to your setup, and the upgrade is immediately felt. It's a lifestyle upgrade. In other words, I played a few FPS games on it and I couldn't get more kills. I don't know if that's due to my terrible skill. <laughs> I, I, would, I would feel like your, your skill should be a gaming skill and not a mouse skill, but I hear where you're coming from. <laughs> but again, it's a, it's a lifestyle upgrade. It feels really nice in the hands. It's a very good ergonomic design. Uh, the only negative I would say that I had is that there was no RGB lighting on it. I think a Logitech missed a trick in not having any RGB lighting on it. And um, finally, I gave it to someone uh, who deals with photo retouching here at The Citizen. She deals with a large number of JPEGs. And again, the output that I got from her was the same. But when I asked her opinion, she was very happy to use the mouse. And she can report that it feels really nice in her hands. So again, that ergonomic design was really the best feature for me. Overall, um, I'd give it an 8.5 out of 10. For me, uh, the redesigned scroll wheel was perfect. It had adjustable buttons that you can toggle between the different scrolling sensitivities. It's especially useful when you have to scroll through a whole thesis of work that would otherwise sprain your index finger, especially if you're looking for one specific thing in a large doc uh, document. I know Sean really liked this feature as well. Tell us more about your experience. 
Yeah, no. Uh, when it comes to scrolling through documents, uh, that little lock on the on the scroll is really interesting. So if you click it once, it locks it so that it doesn't scroll freely. So if you spin your ball, it just goes like two <laughs> clicks down, and then you can unlock it again, and you could scroll through the whole document if you spin your ball. So that was quite nice about that mouse. One of the nicest features that I found on it. Also, the fact that you didn't need a mouse pad. It's got these little white. Uh, it looks like white stickers on the bottom, but those help you move that mouse on any surface, so you won't have to lug that mouse pad around with you anymore, which is also quite cool. So it's perfect for people who work on the go, no matter where you are working from, from a coffee shop, from your desk, from your couch or your bed. You can basically use the mouse on any surface. Totally. So um, I've also used it to play a, a racing game. Uh, Love for Speed is the name of the game. It's like a simulator game, and there is an option to use your mouse as a controller. Left-click to accelerate and right-click to uh, brake. But this game also gives you the option to customize your controls where you can have your gears, clutch, all of that integrated with your um, with your other car controls, hooters and stuff like that. Mm. So it was nice to have the two buttons on the side because you could program that to have your clutch in. So when you hit your brake and you push your clutch, obviously if you're drifting in the simulator game, you need your clutch quite a bit. And then you also need your handbrake and there was another button there to set the handbrake to. That was just amazing for me. There's no other mouse that comes close to it when playing Love for Speed. So I'm a console player, I can't... I don't have an opinion about that. So does this mouse change the game for you when it comes to PC gaming? Yes, it does, because um, whenever I wanted to play this game, I always had to lug my PS4 control with me. So that, because, you know, playing it via keyboard was ridiculous, remembering where the clutch is and the handbrake. And then I decided, okay, I'm going with the PS4 Bluetooth control, connecting it like that, and then configuring my controls like that. But then it's not very very easy to lug that controller around with you in a laptop bag because it's quite mm. a big control. So having a mouse like this means that I could just whip out that mouse whenever I had five minutes to play the game and I wouldn't even have to connect my control via the Bluetooth. Mm. So that, that, that was one of the best features of playing that game with this mouse. So we had a look at the G502X, which, like Lyle says, lacks the RGB lighting. And even though... The 502X is at the bottom of the range of the three new devices released last week. It doesn't come with all of the bells and whistles of the full range, but Lyle still feels that it's actually the best device out of the series released by Logitech. Lyle, you just have to tell us why you feel this way. <laughs> well, it's sitting at a very good price point, I feel, and the fact that it's not um, Bluetooth mouse doesn't really detract from any of the features that you're going to be getting. I still feel like uh, I could definitely feel faster response times and for really long hours of gaming, it was really good on my hands. For If you use a mouse the whole day for your work, um, I personally can't use a laptop's trackpad the entire day. I prefer having a mouse yes. and this would definitely be one that I'd consider buying. It feels good. It's long lasting. You can use it the entire day. Your hands don't cramp up. I give it a solid 8 out of 10. What do you think, Sean? Well, when it comes to, to, to me, I'm going to give it a 7 because it wasn't a life-changing mouse. Unfortunately, I have a Bluetooth mouse and, you know, 
the main issue I have with the Bluetooth mouse is that my battery runs out, and every now and then I gotta knock my mouse, my my mouse on the table for it to Your work. Mouse. <laughs> my mouse, yes, my <laughs> mouse on the table for it to work. But other than that, like having that mouse besides playing LFS, I wouldn't see a need for those other buttons. Mm. There's there's not even a volume button on it, so I can't control my volume from there. Mm. I can't open up any extra tabs or windows, so it doesn't give me other options to control my interface on my on my operating system, which would have been nice. And then um, coming back to your RGB lights, um, I don't know how comfortable I'd personally feel about having RGB lights on a mouse because no, at, at night I'm just going to see red, green and blue when the, when the, uh, when the whole lights in the house are off and I might disturb my family with no, these no, bright no, RGB but, lights. But you have you to know. color code Sean. your RGBs. You color code it to fit in with your office scheme and then you've got this nice, vibrant office space. Why wouldn't you want that? Everybody knows that RGB lighting increases frames per second. So. Thank you. And mood. <laughs> and ambience. And it makes you feel calm. So go for it. Yeah, totally. So uh, that's why I've got my 7. So, um, yeah, no, it, it could have been better. There's a few things, like Lyle said, that Logitech have missed out. But then it's not the top of the range mouse. Mm. Mm. Even though Lyle believes it's the better one of the three. Yes, because of the price point. Yes. And Absolutely. just the way that it's designed, it really is an ergonomic genius. Hey, I said that right. <laughs> it's funny how uh, we all started with a wired, uh, a wired mouse, and then we all thought it was cool to move away to a wireless mouse. And then when you realize all the issues with that wireless mouse, you actually look at this mouse and realize, you know what, having a wired mouse isn't that bad. Eh? It's not so bad, yes. We will have a full review up on The Citizen. You can find it at citizen.coza. In other tech news this week, Apple launched a whole series of devices and also a new update. And we have Faisal joining us in the studio today to talk more about that. Faisal, over to you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, it's an exciting time. We know that this time of the year, a lot of tech companies launch their devices. We've seen Samsung just a few weeks ago. Uh, Apple launching also about last week sometime, and they've got their WWDC, which is the Worldwide Developers Conference, and that's where they launched the iPad and the MacBook and other products as well. And they featured iOS 16, which is available from today in South Africa and across the world as well. So if you've got an Apple device, I suggest you upgrade to get all those features. But coming on to the Apple phones, I mean, it's more of the same thing that we've seen as far as design is concerned, the physical design of the phone. But uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing, as uh, MKBHD and many other, other of the tech YouTubers uh, speak about. And you'll see a lot of YouTube videos currently on the channel, on many, many channels, especially with uh, Marcus Brownlee. A lot of people know him as MKBHD. But it's what's inside that actually makes a difference. Now, this year, Apple didn't innovate that much. There's two features that actually stand out for me. First of all, it's uh, the notch that uh, Apple perfected or introduced many years ago, and uh, a lot of the other tech companies made fun and say, you know, had memes and all of other stuff with regards what to do they? What do they call it? It's a dynamic island, I believe. Yes, the new name is called Dynamic Island. 
fancy and, uh, name. Apple will always give uh, a lot of adjectives to this dynamic island. So to put it simply and to make users understand what it's actually about. So where you got the notch, and most of the phones got that, this particular notch now has a specific function. So it will give you your notifications and your temperature and your weather and all lot of other stuff. When you swipe it down, you'll get to see it. It's basically detects away from the old um, feature on the iPhone where you have to swipe down and you get all the features on the screen. Now, I, Justine, for a lot of the listeners who haven't seen that, uh, she's an Apple fan and, you know, obviously she makes always a big deal about the features that come <laughs> out. But, um, yeah, the dynamic island is quite impressive. Um, I myself, I mean, I'm an Apple fan, boy. I love my iPhones. But they become exorbitantly expensive, and uh, it's no doubt going to be more expensive when it lands in South Africa on uh, the 23rd, I think that's a Friday, 23rd of September. That's when it will be available at uh, major iStores uh, in South Africa. Well, I think you have to give it to Apple because they've managed to take one of their biggest weaknesses and turn it into a strength. Their dynamic island is beautiful. It, to me, it acts almost as a second screen. So the amount of productivity you can do is going to be increased as well. Um, I did see that Apple dropped the iPhone mini from last year. Can you, can you tell us why? They want to go for bigger and better. And, you know, when you've got such a beautiful phone and you've got such dynamic colors and camera photography, the mini doesn't actually really cut it. So you'll get the iPhone 14, iPhone 14 Plus, which is the bigger screen. And then you get the iPhone 14 Pro, which is now the premium range, and the iPhone 14 Pro Max. The Max, obviously, and the Plus just indicates bigger screens. Mm. And, you know... What they want to do is they want to basically put an office into your pocket. We've seen foldable devices from Huawei and Samsung. So Apple hasn't given any indication of any foldable device yet. So at the moment, even with your iPhone Pro Max, which is quite a big screen, and you can do a lot on it as well. And I've done a lot, especially you know, when writing stories and stuff, especially when you're you know, on the road covering a, a major story. So um, one of the controversies that did come out of America, I don't know if you guys saw, but uh, they actually don't have any SIM card slots in the new iPhone range for the North American segment. Yeah, I mean, this is something that Apple is going to hopefully innovate with. A few years back, a lot of companies were laughing because they never put a charging brick into their boxes. And, you know, uh, I think Samsung yeah, was saw, one of the first to actually saw, laugh at them and says, why don't you buy a Samsung? Because I was come with a charger, Yeah, you know. But uh, even Samsung has now dropped their charges or charging bricks with their S22 Ultra devices. Even the Galaxy Fold doesn't come with a charger as well. And with a notch as well, I mean, we've seen a precedent that Apple has set, even if they don't come out with new features like the other companies as well. So with the eSIM, I mean, unfortunately in South Africa, we're not up at that stage where we have complete uh, facilities available for this. I've spoken to Shamil Chusab, the CEO of Vodacom, on a number of occasions with regards to eSIM. It is available because you get the watches that are cellular, whether it's an Apple Watch cellular or the Samsung Watch cellular as well. But uh, there is a, a slight charge. I remember last time it was around 29 or 35 rand per month, which is linked to your original primary number, which you can then dial from your, your, from your watch. But that additional charge is there. And obviously the difficulty of uh, actually going overseas because you need to then 
um, use another SIM in your phone. If you don't have a physical SIM tray, uh, you hope that that service provider allows you to have an eSIM. So if you go with a phone that doesn't have a SIM slot tray, then you're actually going to be you know, in a difficult position because you're unable to use a cellular network of that particular country you're in unless you use then Wi-Fi calling via WhatsApp or any other medium as well. Yeah, what we've seen is in the past, when Apple starts a trend, the rest of the manufacturers seem to follow. So first it was the headphone jack. I was really sad about that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the headphone jack, you get adapters now as well. But most of the uh, the earphones or buds and quality that you want are now working with Bluetooth. Wireless. It just makes it more convenient, wireless, as you say. And do you really use a headphone jack? I mean, I'm using one if I call somebody or do an interview, but there's no it's not necessary to use that. And with the AirPods Pro that Apple now released uh, also the same day as the iPhone, I mean, this thing's got phenomenal battery life mm. and uh, it's got touch controls now. So um, most of the time, and I've been to Europe a few times to Saudi now recently for Hajj, a lot of people are using these buds mm. uh, as opposed to conventional headphones. We've seen one of the companies like Samsung, even Huawei and Vivo and many others also uh, focusing on these wireless buds as opposed to some of the wearables, wearables they've also launched. I still miss the 3.5, Jack. Yeah. I really yeah. do, especially for my noise-canceling earphones. Me too. Well, Apple in general as a whole, um, I feel, is just way too expensive, but the design that they do come up with is, is like magnificent to look at sometimes, the, the hardware and things. Mm. So, yeah. Faisal, would you say it's worth upgrading to the new device? Well, if you really love your Apple devices, and I do, I mean, uh, you know, it's no secret for a lot of the people <laughs> that know me, I'll be queuing at the iStore from uh, 4 o'clock in the morning next week, really which does. is Friday. Um, the reason is because there's such a shortage of these devices, and when it comes to the new iPhone launch, Apple can't keep up. Remember, the majority of their iPhones are manufactured in China, but there is talk of manufacturing these iPhones now in India. So to give you an idea, if you go like to a place like Santon City, and if you know where the iStore is, I think it's on the second floor. So if you look at the entrance of the iStore, this queue snakes around, probably right around the corner, going right down. And a friend of mine at EWN, Aki, used to stand in that particular queue. Now, the disadvantage of not going early or not booking it online or pre-booking it is that you might not get what you wanted. You might not get it for a few weeks. So how do they actually work if you go to the iStore? Is they come with a clipboard. The store opens up at 7 o'clock, a little bit earlier, and they come with a clipboard. They ask you which iPhone do you want, 14, 14 plus, Pro or Pro Max, and then they ask you what denomination, 128 gig, 512 gig, or 256, and then one terabyte they got this year as well, and the color that you want. So the time they actually come to maybe the 30th or 40th person in the queue, what you actually wanted may be actually sold out, and then you will not get what you want. So that's one disadvantage of it. The other disadvantage, sometimes if you pre-order online, uh, they don't actually effect the deliveries on time. And if you look at the Twitter account of the ISO, you'll see a number of people actually complaining about it. Whether it's worth it, it's quite expensive, but then so are the other brands as well. Samsung Galaxy launched their foldable phone um, about a week, two weeks ago. That's around 35 or 36, triple nine. Huawei launched their uh, Mate Access too as well. That's also around 37, triple nine. The iPhone is touted at $1,099. That's for the Pro Max. And if you do the math, it comes out around 18,000, excluding duties. My suggestion or my thinking is that it would be around 22 or 23,000 rand. But uh, the ISO has got a wonderful trading program. So if you've got the year before or last year's phone, 
they got this one time, only it happens during the launch in South Africa, where they give, give you, I haven't seen the latest press releases, but up to 10,000 rand trade-in for your la- previous year's phone or last year's phone. And if the iPhone's around 19 or 20,000 rand, give a 10,000 rand towards that, you only owe around 9,000 rand, which you put on your credit card in over 24 months. But the one thing that I want to share with the listeners is that if... Um, Shamil Joseph mentioned this to me, is that sometimes people are so preoccupied and so overzealous of getting the new iPhone or a new device, and no matter how expensive it is, but they're giving you a very and uh, a bad contract in a sense that you'll get very limited amount of data and a very limited amount of minutes, not SMSs. Nobody uses SMSs hardly these days as well. So if you're sitting with a high-end phone, like an iPhone or a Galaxy Fold, you're going to use... I mean, a lot amount, of, a lot of data, and 200 megs or 300 megs, which they're offering on these contracts, which start off at around 13 or 1400 a month, it just doesn't cut it because your upgrade alone is 1.2, 1.3 gigs. So uh, they are counting on, especially the mobile companies, that you need to buy more data, and that's how they're making the money. So your contract will be your phone because you're paying for the handset charge. These things need to be subsidized, especially the iPhone. So they take it over 36 months. One of the catches because now you've got a longer time to pay that phone off mm-hmm. and you won't able to upgrade. And then secondly, your contract is around 1,000 rand, so you're paying almost 2,000 rand for the whole contract and you're getting only 200 megs of data, which really doesn't cut it. Now you have to buy airtime and you have to upgrade and the time you actually, your bill comes in another month, you're going to be sitting with like 2,500, 3,000 rand. Wow. That's quite steep. So, yeah. Faisal, mm. I have an iPhone SE, 64 gig iPhone SE, mm. and I've seen some uh, rumors around the internet that the new iOS update is not going to be any good for my device. Uh, can you tell us anything about that? Well, the iOS 16 that's uh, released today, uh, the article will be on the Citizens website with all the features and everything that it comes with. Um, I'm sure it's published by now. Um, it will be for iPhone 8 and older. So if you've got an, an iPhone that's um, uh, a sort of uh, younger or, or, you know, this thing. Then, obsolete. Yeah, obsolete. Not obsolete. <laughs> uh, remember that um, certain iPhones come in a very limited capacity. Like you say, you've got a 64 gig. Yeah. And these devices take massive amount of memory, uh, the software updates particularly. So if you look at the iOS 16, which is available, it's got phenomenal features in there, you know, to messaging, to Safari and many others. The older phones can't handle the the upgrade, and you're only able to enjoy most of the features on there. So if you've got an old iPhone that's older than iPhone uh, uh, 8, then unfortunately you're going to have to make do with probably 15.5 or 15.6 as opposed to the 16, which has just been released today. Now that makes me feel much better, so I know I can up and stop ignoring that notification. But well, I, I, I just have one more question for yeah. you. You mentioned about uh, the... the South Africans don't really use SMS. But Apple seems to put a lot of time and effort into iMessage, and I can't, like, is it in North America only that they use iMessage? That's SMS, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, iMessage will be from iPhone to iPhone. Yes. Um, a normal text message will be from iPhone to Android and vice versa. iMessage is actually quite cool because you can do a lot of stuff with it as well. But uh, there was, or oh, there is a lot of call, um, and I think they've now included in iOS 16 where you can... Uh, the Android, I've actually seen it while I was writing the story, where the Android users, uh, if they receive an iMessage, will able to see certain features 
of that iMessage. And iMessage can include emoticons, it can include GIFs and or GIFs, uh, call it what you want. And we can and play games and it's got everything like a as whole well. Bunch so they will be able to do it because there's been a demand for it. You like Android, I love iPhone, and yeah. I send you an iMessage probably with a little dancing cat or whatever it is. And you can't see that image because you don't have an Apple device. Yeah. So this, uh, the iMessage is used a lot, especially like me and my partner, we use iMessage all the time. But if you go to Europe and to Saudi where I've been, they use um, a program called IMO or IMO. Mm. And then WhatsApp is not uh, sort of readily available or it is very limited. Others use different programs as well. But uh, you, in Europe, I think that, um, you know, there's even one called, I think, Beep mm. or something in mm. Turkey, which is quite phenomenal, especially when we had the old WhatsApp privacy issues. Everybody was downloading different apps and stuff, but WhatsApp seems to be the more prominent one. But iMessage is, is phenomenal. I think it's, it's quite cool. And a um, lot of the people that I deal with, especially at government level, seems to want to use the iMessage feature <laughs> because it gives you a lot more information as opposed to using WhatsApp. Okay, cool. Interesting. That's all from us this week. You can find updates about the new Apple devices as well as the Apple 16 updates on citizen.coza. The Logitech G502X review will go up shortly. And that's us for this week. Tune in again next week for more tech news. We will be talking about Comic-Con in the coming days. There's an Asus event coming up next week. And we also at some point want to look at AI-generated art. So tune in later for that, and that's it from us today. <laughs>